Welcome back, Islanders. It is week three, must-starts, must-sits. These are my guys that are in blow-up spots that should be in your lineup for week three, and I have a list of guys that you got to find some other options for. We're going to start with quarterbacks. My week three start is Brock Purdy versus the Giants. I feel like this is a great blow-up spot for Brock Purdy. He's going to utilize all of his weapons. He would have had a bigger fantasy week last week had they not given Debo Samuels. He would have had a bigger fantasy week last week, except he got robbed for a touchdown pass that went to Debo Samuel that they counted as a run. And I just think Brock Purdy right now is firing on all cylinders with that 49ers offense. The Giants have proven to be very suspect on defense, almost giving up a game last week to the Arizona Cardinals giving them 28 unanswered points in the first half. Give me Brock Purdy versus the Giants. I'm saying three touchdowns, 300 yards. At the running back position, this is strictly a gut call, but I'm going Alexander Madison, Minnesota Vikings versus the Chargers. A, the Chargers run defense is atrocious. It has been for years. I don't see that changing in week three. B, Madison's coming off a pretty bad game himself against the Eagles last week. The only put up about five or six fantasy points. He was able to salvage his day on some positive carries later on in the game, but he did have a costly fumble. Speaking of that fumble, Madison was bombarded by a bunch of scumbags out there in fantasy land that were hitting up his DM and calling him all kinds of racist things and talking about his family. Hey, listeners, we ain't like that. We don't condone that. Stay out of players' DMs. Stay away from players in public. They don't care about your fantasy team. That takes all the fun out of it. With that being said, I think the Vikings are going to make a concentrated effort to get Madison the ball just to show the fan base that they're sticking by their guy. It's unfortunate what happened to him. I think he's going to use this for motivation. He's going to provide those fantasy owners that put him in his starting lineup, and he's going to torch the Chargers. Give me Madison with over 100 total yards, two touchdowns, and planning himself back in the firm and firmly planning himself back in the RB2 territory. My other must-start running back is Rashad White versus Philly. Last week, he torched the Bears for a career game, going for over 21 fantasy points and 100 overall yards with the touchdown. This week, he has a tough matchup against Philly, but I think Philly is going to be concentrating on the pass because all of a sudden, the Bucks are a resurgent offense, and they're finding Mike Evans. Baker Mayfield has been kind of torching it out there. He's gone against a, a couple of suspect defenses, to begin the year, but until proven otherwise, the Bucks are moving the ball. I think they're going to go with a balanced attack, and I can I can see Rashad White not hitting 100 yards, but him falling into the end zone a couple times. And right now with the landscape of the running backs, that's enough for an RB2 finish, possibly RB1, depending on how sorry all the rest of the league is. But give me Rashad White as a must-start. For pass catchers, wide receiver Calvin Ridley versus the Houston Texans. I got Calvin Ridley in a blow-up spot here just because Houston isn't really set to stop any passing game. I think that last week's stinker versus KC was not the norm for this offense. I have faith in Trevor Lawrence. I have faith in that Jaguars offense. And if you are really looking at the receiver position and seeing what Ridley is doing there every week, he's putting on a clinic with route running. He's doing everything at 110 miles an hour. Uh, it's only a matter of time before he finds his footing and the Jags find their footing. And I think the Jags' success is tied to the Trevor Lawrence-Calvin Ridley connection. 
I think the connection gets going this week. And my fearless prediction, Calvin Ridley finishes as wide receiver one in week three. Give me Calvin Ridley, 112 yards, eight catches, two touchdowns. My next must start wide receiver, and this is a gut call because I know a lot of people turn their back on him, but it's Garrett Wilson versus the Patriots. Hear me out. I think Bill Belichick is going to make Zach Wilson have to beat them or at least make it a game. They're going to stack the box. They're going to take away the run. They're going to take away Delvin Cook and Brees Hall, and they're going to make Zach Wilson do what he does best, and that's give the ball to the other team. All he has to do is get lucky a couple of times with a couple of shots to Garrett Wilson. We saw it last week. Garrett Wilson had a horrible day up until he caught a 70-yard touchdown from Zach Wilson. That can happen anytime. He has a talent, and he is a special wide receiver. It's only a matter of time before we start calling him QB proof, but it's going to be really tough with Zach Wilson, so that's why I said this is a gut call. I think they're going to take what the defense gives them, and Zach Wilson may have one of his worst games like he always does, but that doesn't mean that Garrett Wilson can't have a good game. I predict the Jets are going to lose this game, but Garrett Wilson will get his. Give me Garrett Wilson with five catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. On to the tight end position. My must-start tight end is Hayden Hurst, Carolina Panthers versus Seattle. A, Seattle doesn't do well against tight ends. B, last week what we saw out of Carolina was a team that was really hesitant to throw the ball downfield. Adam Thielen was just showered with targets. Bryce Young was focused in just Thielen. In the previous game in week one, Hayden Hurst was getting a lot of targets and he finished as a tight end two on the week. I think the recipe for Carolina's success is to let Bryce Young spread the ball around. He can't just be focusing in on one guy. So if he just combines a little bit from week two with a little bit from week one, I expect Adam Thielen and Hayden Hurst to be the beneficiaries of a lot of passes being thrown by Bryce Young. Plus it's against Seattle, who there could be a shootout anytime against that defense. This should be an entertaining game. Um, I don't really anticipate this one being a low-scoring stinker. If it's low-scoring, I expect there to be a lot of yards and a lot of throwing just because I'm seeing Bryce Young get a, a little bit more comfortable. So give me Hayden Hurst as a must-start tight end. I definitely would start him over guys with a hot, with a bigger name, such as Kyle Pitts. We probably hear about him later on. Start Hayden Hurst over tight ends that have a bigger name, such as Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller. Hayden Hurst for my must-start tight end. And down on the other end of the bench, guys that you should be finding alternatives for in week three. We're going to start off at the QB position with Matthew Stafford versus the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night. Matthew Stafford has been the QB for the for a top three running back two weeks in a row and a top three wide receiver two weeks in a row. But Matthew Stafford is the quarterback 17 on the year. What does that tell you? That tells you that he's doing everything he can to feed his weapons and to get them the stats, but the stats that count for Matthew Stafford in fantasy just aren't there. He's not getting the touchdown passes. He doesn't do anything with his legs. Um, he, can con he can complete a lot of passes, and he can do a lot of stuff underneath. He's just not taking a lot of downfield shots or getting really big plays or long touchdowns. So for right now, you got to find a different option for Stafford. Now, if you're somebody that had Aaron Rodgers or someone with Joe Burrow and you pick Stafford up as a quick backup or, or a Band-Aid for your roster, I would probably look to see if Jordan Love's available, even C.J. Stroud. These are guys that are throwing it a ton with efficiency and not turning the ball over. 
for my must-sit running back, give me Damian Pierce versus the Jags. I just don't like where Damian Pierce right now is heading with that offense. He doesn't catch passes. C.J. Stroud has got the green light to throw it all over the field. And Damian Pierce right now just doesn't seem comfortable in that offense. I just don't think that they are going to be playing with the lead long enough throughout this year to where Damian Pierce is just going to grind it out on the clock. He's yet to have a really good game. The Jags are sneaky good on defense. Uh, Damian Pierce is somebody that can sit on your bench. Any of the guys I mentioned earlier, as far as Madison, Rashard White, uh, even A.J. Dillon, these are guys that I would take over Damian Pierce in that spot at the RB2 position. Next RB sit is Dalvin Cook versus the Pats. Earlier I said how Belichick is probably going to stack the box, try to get Zach Wilson to pass in order to beat them, while the people that are going to be feeling it the worst are going to be the run game. I know the Jets really want to run the ball, play smash mouth, smash mouth football, but they're unable to do that without a real threat passing the ball. Dalvin Cook lost a fumble last week, plus there was rumblings from Brees Hall that the reason why they lost was because he only got a couple of touches in that game. This Jets organization is falling apart from the head down. Uh, something's going to have to change. It could change with a possible big win against the Patriots. I just don't see that happening. Patriots are going to do all they can to take the Patriots are going to do all that they can to scheme the Jets' strengths. And or the Patriots are going to do all they can to scheme against the Jets' strengths. That's their running game right now. Dalvin Cook is the least capable running back out of their two running backs. Don't start Dalvin Cook. Find someone else on your bench. For pass catchers, give me sit. For pass catchers, sit all Cincinnati wide receivers if Joe Burrow doesn't play. I don't think we need to really go into depth on why that is. That's just common sense. Joe Burrow's dealing with a calf strain. Um, still mums the word on if he's going to be available right now. It's not looking good. And if Joe Burrow doesn't play, I just don't see Jamar Chase and T. Higgins really maximizing their potential. Uh, against the Rams on Monday night. Rams defense isn't as bad as everyone thinks it is, but I just don't have faith in any pass catcher from Cincinnati that's not Joe Burrow. Sit both of those wide receivers. If you have better options on the bench, do as King says. Don't be afraid to sit your studs if the stars aren't lining up for them. And right now, Burrow not playing is not ideal for any Cincinnati pass catcher. Another wide receiver we're sitting this week is Jerry Judy versus Miami. He just doesn't look the same. If you're looking at Denver games, Jerry Judy doesn't look like a, the speedy wide receiver, crisp route runner that we're used to seeing. In fact, I would say Marvin Mims is looking like the best wide receiver uh, out of that group in Denver. Right now, it's still a wait and see with Jerry Judy. We know that the talent is there. We know that he can get open. It's just that he's just not fitting into this offense right now. And Denver as a whole, I mean, outside of, you know, that spectacular fourth quarter potential comeback and Hail Mary, they're putting up a stinker of a game last week versus the Commanders. Um, I believe this week it's going to be the exact same thing. I think they might possibly might get blown out by Miami. That game script could possibly be what can help Jerry Judy but I just don't think they're executing well enough or efficient enough for Jerry Judy to even be a garbage time fantasy factor. So sit Jerry Judy. You could find somebody else on your bench. I would go Tutu Atwell over Jerry Judy. Um, I would even go Adam Thielen over Jerry Judy this week. And at the tight end position, this is going to be a reoccurring thing until said otherwise. I'm saying sit Kyle Pitts. 
you can get a tight end that's going to get you zero points from anywhere. I can be in your tight end slot and get you zero points. Kyle Pitts just isn't doing it. He has the talent. He just might not be in the right offense. We don't know what's going on. He doesn't have the snap share. He doesn't have the target share that we should be seeing from an elite talent and a generational talent that we were told Kyle Pitts is. Right now, you can get guys off the waiver wire that'll probably get you the same, if not more points than Kyle Pitts, particularly Luke Musgrave, Cade Otten from Tampa Bay, Cole Komet. I have more faith in these guys right now than I have in Kyle Pitts. Yeah, you probably wasted a fifth or sixth round pick on him, maybe even a fourth round pick, depending like if you're from the greater Atlanta area and you own a Kyle Pitts jersey right now, he's just not going to give you that type of value. I I know you're probably looking at your lineup just like I do on, on rosters that I have Kyle Pitts. And I'm thinking the day that I sit him is the day he's going to blow up. You got to get out of that thinking. You got to stop being scared. Sit him. Start Luke Musgrave. Start Jake Ferguson. Start Cole Komet. Start Zach Ertz. If Zach Ertz is on your waiver wire, he's a sneaky good play at tight end this year so far, uh, hogging all the targets in Arizona. Um, I say all that to say this, sit Kyle Pitts in week three. Like we say, if you like the content that we're putting out and the info that's keeping you one step ahead of all of your league mates and getting you those bragging rights, go ahead and subscribe. Keep tuning in. Keep listening. For King, Sweet Tea, I'm Bombo. Hit the music. <laughs> <laughs>